Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moran. So this week on the podcast, we have the brilliant Peter McGann. Peter is an actor, a comedian, a writer. He has a show coming up at the Workman's Club. It's called Pulp Injection. Uh, it's got an incredible cast behind it. Um, Laura Brady, Giles Brody, Tony Cantwell, Stephen Considine, Finbar Doyle, Amy Dunn, Ali Fox, Owen Lyons, John Morton, Kelly Shatter. It's going to be unreal. It's August 14th. Uh, downstairs in the Workman's Club, doors are at 8 and the show is at 8.30. It's going to be absolutely deadly uh, and tickets uh, are available on Eventbrite. Go and check it out because Peter just is one of the funniest guys. If you don't believe me, he has a ton of sketches uh, on YouTube, um, loads of stuff. He collaborated with like pretty much all of the funny heads across Dublin and um, it's a pleasure to have him on the podcast. Uh, in other news, um, apologies, uh, there were a couple of issues with the Paul Howard episode um, that, that got out a little bit late because of that and um, we were just having awful trouble uploading it. But go back and check that out too. It's a deadly episode. Uh, possibly the interview I'm most proud of on um, Personality Bingo. Um, go and check that out, creator of Russell Carroll Kelly and Copperface Jacks the Musical. Speaking of, which closes this weekend. So as you hear this episode, if you're listening on the Sunday, uh, we will be closing our show that night. There are a couple of tickets left uh, for the two Sundays shows at three and at six the rest of the week's been completely sold out kind of amazing to perform to over 1200 people every night at the olympia theater in a show about a mu- like a, a nightclub on harcourt street but that's what we've been doing and it's been um it's been one of the best summers of my life doing it. i'm not gonna lie it's been incredible um and if you're one of the people who got to see it um, fair play to you and thanks for coming in um in other news if you want my dulcet tones uh, for your business for anything like that uh, i'm now um been represented uh, by voicebank.ie so um check out uh, my webpage there I suppose um, for dulcet tones etc etc as if this nonsense wasn't enough you know so um, enough of all that guys please enjoy the brilliant Peter McGann playing personality bingo with Tom Moore. Again, ready to play personality bingo? I sure am. All right, sweet. Let's do it. So, a quick explainer of how it all works. Uh, I've got 60 minutes on the clock, 60 balls in here, and 60 corresponding questions. I've also given you five numbers in that little sheet of paper. Would you do me a favor, read out the five? Uh, 9, 56, yeah. 30, 19, and 48. Nice one. Do me another favor. Pick a sixth one, something between one and 60 that's not already there. Huh? Between one and 60? Yeah. Wow. What are you going to go for? Will I tell you? Yeah, please. All right. 54. Mm. Decisive. Any reason? Uh, well, 72 was the first number that came to my head. And they're both, what are they in timetables? Eight timetables? Eight, eight timetables, yeah. So I think that's how they came about. No, they're not, because 54 is actually not. Six. It's fi- it would have been six 56. Six Look at us being silly boys. Silly me, silly you. And I should say that if all six of them numbers do come out, that means the tables are turned and you get to ask me any question in the, the whole wide world. Uh... If any of these numbers come out. No, for all of them. Oh, for all of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the odds aren't in your favour. They sure aren't. (laughs) But fuck it. Let's give it a spin. All right, here we go. First out the gate, we have number eight. Do you have it? No. No worries. Number eight. Oh, do you have any irrational fears? Do I have any irrational fears? Um, When I was a kid, I did. um, I used to be scared of any Disney or cartoon woman villain that had like big kind of mad red lips for some reason yeah I used to have a recurring dream where when I was really little that these beautiful women would, would pick me up and tickle me and I'd fall asleep <laughs> and they'd bite my head off <laughs> really yeah so that's and then it was I think it was something to do with that or that reminded me of the dream so whenever I saw like Cruel de Vil or one of those I didn't like it you're one in Sword and Stone freaked out the one in the she's like an old witch but she turns kind of sexy at one point and I didn't mind the old witch but she went kind of like sexy, so I freaked out. Wow. What about wh- when did it go? Ah, she's I don't know. Um, like, do you have any like you know any remnants of it now? You see a lovely lady with lipstick. I think she's gonna bite my head off. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> thankfully, although I'm sure it has like massively impacted my life in unconscious ways, mm. and uh, it's probably why I'm a bad person. How do you feel about the Joker in <laughs> in Batman? Yeah, I didn't mind it as much because I remember the old Batman cartoon like a really old one yeah he was grand because I didn't come t- I didn't really properly come to 
Batman stuff till later in life. So mm. it didn't bother me. I was over it. I was over my fear of big red lips. That's so interesting. That Mae West couch lose my damn mind over it though. Is it? Do you think it's something anything to do with the fact that you associate like blood with the lipstick and that like they've done this before? I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, I, I want to. So. I want to. I want to like uncover all I the shit. I, I assume it's something to do with mothers. No, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's one of those. Maybe I just was intimidated by really put together lovely women <laughs> at a very young age, like toddler age. Yeah, you, I, it's really. Um, you, it is weird about you said like jokingly like it's about mothers, but like it is real weird that like. Mothers are, are such a, like, a thing. Like, obviously, it's a pretty fucking worn-out fact now, but, like, that, like, you know, MILF porn would be, like, mm. the most viewed porn mm. of them all. Like, it's just a really weird thing that, like, I know people kind of talk about it, but, like, I, I don't really understand it the way I should. Like, and all this Freud stuff, it's yeah. fu- it's fucking mad. I mean, it's just it's the most nurturing... Well, for most people, it's the most nurturing person you ever knew. And sometimes she's a bait. No, <laughs> <laughs> no that's what's your, your kind of first exposure to... Yeah, women and that kind of thing, and then just gets then hormones kick in, and then it just sets people wild. Yeah, it's true. Did your did your mom know about this this lipstick fear? I don't think so. Yeah, maybe I think my folks I might have told not told them in so many words, but I definitely freaked out. I used to cry when um, you're watching a, a game show like a and or chat show like the late late, and you didn't see the audience, and the audience would clap and cheer or a sitcom, and it'd be like. Audience laughter, and you, so I'm just look. When I was this is when I was like more, two years old. I'm watching TV, and I start to cry because I couldn't see these people that were screaming and crying and laughing and clapping, and it freaked me out. Yeah, I don't think that's anything to do with mothers though. They're great answers, man. And also one more thing, yeah, because I this sounds like I'm making it up about the women, and then it'll sound like I'm even more making it up. But I swear this is true. The other recurring dream I had, nightmare I had, was gorillas living underground, like in kind of badger sets or rabbit holes, and they reach out and they grab you and drag you in try and gra- drag me in down the ground with them that was my two recurring nightmares whoa yeah. very masculine one compared to a feminine one it is yeah you you, you, you did just make it up just to overcompensate I swear to god I didn't <laughs> no, I swear I know. Life. yeah I mean but, and it's that weird thing remember there was the, the kid that went in with the gorilla and they shot the gorilla yeah. recently enough mm-hmm. it's weird like that that happens yeah you think ever since Jurassic Park you just think why don't they just have like trank guns yeah, I mean, I was walking, <laughs> I was walking by a, a pet shop the other day, and like, I don't know, I was a little bit hungover, I won't lie, and I just kind of, do you ever just get like one of the moments where you just zoom out accidentally, and I was kind of like, this is absurd. We have pet shops, like, yeah. there's a lot, and, and I'm not even like, you know, the way some people would be like, oh, I'd never go to the zoo because I don't want to support. I'm not even, and I think that that's totally brilliant, but that's just not one of the, the the battles that I've chose to fight in this world. So I'm not even like a big animals rights activist, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I was kind of like, this is mental. There's a live creatures in here, yeah. and we'll give them this thing called money, and we can have them. <laughs> like, yeah, show just to show how how in control we are as humans. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny. All right, let's give it a spin. All right, here we go. Number 32. Do you have it? No. No. Oh, do it. No. Number 32. Oh, uh, tell us about someone who you greatly admire. Um, Mother Teresa. No. Um, who I greatly admire. Um, Jesus. Uh Anyone, anyone in the game, anyone who's doing what we're doing and is making a go of it. Yeah. Uh, like uh, seeing people, I, I admire people when they're, uh, who slug it out because I think a little bit a lot because when you take a day job, you feel like maybe I'm taking a real easy route there. But people who put their head down and, and stick it through and plow on and whether it comes up or not, who knows, but uh, for them or not. But people like that, uh, I do. Yeah, so when you took the day job, did you feel a bit like you were kind of breaking rank a little bit or something? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I thought that this there, this was a point of no return in many ways. Uh, this was when I, I took a job a year ago. I'm in a new job now, but it's the same job. And it's just, so it, you do feel breaking rank's a great way of putting it. It's just like, well, I'm a coward. <laughs> but, okay, so then a year, with a year of like having lived that life, what, what's your perspective on it now? Oh, I'm probably as more productive than I've ever been. And yeah. that's probably because I'm not worrying about other things as much, but and also that I am v- overly conscious about time uh, and how much of it I have. Mm. Do you do you do you ever think about what the thing would have to be for you to leave that day job? Is that even a possibility? Like, 
Well, it's a possibility in terms of like if I got but like contra- real success contractually and stuff like contractually. What do you mean? Like so, like let, let's just say, right? You were like, if you got really successful, like let's just say, in the morning, someone was to come up and be like, "Hey, we want you to do this, like you know, TV series is going to shoot for three months. We'll need you yeah. every day." Yeah. See, I think I'd have to. I think obviously three months is nothing. Yeah. In terms of like, but if I had a feeling about it, I'd be. It'd be. I don't know until it's like presented to me, and I know it's presented it to me just yet. By <laughs> and uh, by, yeah, will be. If I did turn it down, it would it would be probably it would be bad. I wouldn't I wouldn't come back from it for a while. I'd be that would lay me out low. Yeah, I did, I've I had to because of the job I had to you, you had to turn down stuff and it like br- like I broke me like I was in like to the point where I couldn't function in, in work or and it took a while to get over and it's like so I I would say that would happen. I'd say I would I would. If I had to turn to something down, yeah, you'd be laid low for a while. But um, I would probably just, yeah, pack it in the first chance I got. It was like a case of like, yeah, you're going to be in this uh, deadly thing for three months and it's going to be deadly. And it might not, nothing might not come of it after. But yeah, it'd be, I'd be hard pressed not to. Are you, or do you find yourself being like just happier now that you, as you said, you don't have to worry about like, you know, the, the like the, let's just call it the financial side of things as much as you would have done. Like before, before you took the day job, were you, Making a go of it just from doing comedy and acting and writing and whatever it is. Um, I was doing all those things. I wasn't necessarily making a go of it. Uh, I had s- somewhat steady work every now and again. I'd be doing like the public telly and stuff like that. And every now and again, you know, th- but there really was, no, I was like every now and again something would come mm. along. But for me, I wasn't someone who was taken along. You think I get the hint, <laughs> <laughs> which I kind of did. <laughs> I took the job. But uh, yeah, I just started looking. I just started mo- trying to move into somewhere that you're still doing what you want to do to a degree, but you're you're getting you're making something of it, which is what copywriting is, which is what I do. I mean, it's not what I want to be doing, but it is. You know, it's something. It's close. It's closeish to it. But it's funny that even you say that. Like the last year, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know how long I would know you, but I would have been like aware of you. But I feel like I've seen you more around the place, like doing different things over the last year than I would have. Before it's just interesting. It's because I feel like uh, I have to be doing. Even before, well, that's how I was beforehand. I had to be doing things. If someone off, I've got this thing where I, I'll just say yes to most things because when you, when you want to do something and you see and you're fans of, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Mainly, I'm a fan of people who make. Not not. I'm not just talking about like you know big name people. But I'm a fan. If someone makes something that's cool, I'll generally I want to work with, even if they're you know some they can. 18 year old student or something like that they do some funny sketch or some little short or something like I'll, I'll just seek it out um, so I just say yes to pretty much everything and um, and that hasn't abated that much since I took the job mm. I've just kind of had to try and fit around the thing so that's that's why like I'm probably in I probably I'm in less things maybe what I say is I've tried to make the things count more that I do mm-hmm. so maybe that's why you're seeing me more whereas before I was just popping up in anything that would happen. Yeah. Like sketches. Stuff. Yeah, but like I, 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 and I, I don't mean this in like a patronizing, I just think it's genuinely like a better choice to do a thing that like can, I think, as you said, I think you'll just be better at what you do if you can do it without the pressure of being like, oh fuck, I don't know like if I can make rent. I don't, oh, I know yeah. it sounds obvious, but like seriously, like th- that is, that's like, a, I think that's genuinely, genuinely a more honourable way of doing it than like, fucking being like anxious and stressed about it the whole time well there are people who can do that's th- there's people who can do that there's like the true artists who will have their stress str- will have the exact same stresses as anyone else that, if they were in that position but that drives them in a way that the, the thing is like well I, I'll always have my art I'll always have whatever my craft whatever it is I do I, at least I have that I'll keep tipping away at that and that'll you know I'll get some and hopefully something will land whereas it may just got to the point where I was like that's like that I'm, I'm, I wish I'm not as strong a person as that. Whereas, like, if I'm if I'm if I wake up and I have a clean slate ahead of me, maybe I sit down and write something. But it's a lot easier to just be stressed and sad about things that you're missing <laughs> out on because you can't. You have to pay rent. Or you have to. You, you can't do. So it's it for me. It's not a. I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. And also, it's it's for people basically who don't have enough faith in themselves and what they're doing, and they just want to be able to enjoy what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, because it's easy for the joy to get sucked out of it if you're 
if it's if that's all there is and you're you're kind of stressed about other things yeah like because that's that's interesting what you say about um about like not having the faith in it like because it is that an element of it for you that you were just kind of like oh yeah i think anyone who's not a like narcissistic gimp is gonna be thinking that they're not uh worthy enough or not good enough i see yeah, there's no i mean you have to have a basic there are things that you know that you're good at. I'm sure you're the same. Like, there's things you know that, oh, I could do that. Falling off a log. But for other stuff, you're just like, for the bigger picture stuff, you're just like, I don't know if this is a feasible thing for me. I don't know if I'm good enough. You know, I can do X decent enough and all the rest of it is hard work, but maybe I can go with it, but I still have to put in the work and maybe it won't work out. So it is, I you have to kind of have that kind of mm. doubt. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise you're a monster. Yeah, and do you look into the future then and think about like what, like, do you see yourself in five years still working a a copywriter job or something comparable? Realistically, absolutely. Okay. Realistically, absolutely. I, but, um, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to, you know, it'd be nice to have sold a script or two or something like that along the way where it get, gives you a little bit more of a, I like, obviously, like, a trajectory along the, career i guess mm. the other the, the the wanted career the, the yeah career, and then what's it what is it the thing that then is like why why don't you just stop it like altogether and just be like well i could like you know rather than spend like my free time i don't know making a sketch that might even get out there whatever thing is like rather than that versus like i don't know what the fucking thing is but like <laughs> <laughs> like saving for a holiday or something. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's it. That's because I don't want to do it. <laughs> that's I just want to be making stuff all the time. I just want to be yeah. writing stuff and popping up in other people's things every now and again. Just that's all I want to be at. Dre- writing, directing, ideally as well, like me also, and like popping up in people's things. That's all I want to be at. Mm. So like, that's no. There's no question that that's what I spend my free time doing. Yeah. As it as as it is now, that is my free time as opposed to all the time. But. uh yeah, no, there's no, there's what, what I do. What What are the differences between, like, so, like between you, because you have loads of friends who do this kind of thing, what are the differences between you and your friends who do it, like, full-time, don't do another thing, they just are, like, create, professionally create, mm-hmm. they don't do another thing. The friends who are in your position where they, like, do both, they've had periods where they've just been doing that, they've had periods where they've been working day jobs, and then the people who are, you know, really creative, that's a big part of their lives, and then they're just like, fuck it, I'm not doing it anymore because it's too hard. Can you, like... Do you see like similarities and differences between those three strands of people? I really thought about it. Um, most of my friends who are create, most of my friends are people who do it full time. Who are whether they are making a living off full time, whatever. Some are, some are, but they're just wholly committed to maybe working in a cafe or in a pub or labouring, whatever it may be. Um, that's most people, I think. Um, the people, there's people, I've got very little, but like, maybe like one friend who has a job that they're kind of, ha- you know, happy and later, like steadily progressing kind of job, but they do stuff, they do creative stuff outside of it. Mm. That's what I'm so jealous of, because I can't be that person where they're just like, yeah, I'll just write th- a thing and perform at an open mic night once every couple of weeks couple of months and they'll get such satisfaction out of it and that's them that's their creative and they're brilliant and they're all the rest of it whereas that is just not enough for me or for yourself you know you, we you, we'd look at that and be like I wish I could have the, reach that point it's like people who do like uh, Amdram mm. you're from me mm-hmm. Amdram so like did you do that when you were young yeah we were part of it yeah, yeah I I like that thing I worked with like amazing actors at Amdram but they all are just you know, they they have day jobs and lives, and that's enough for them to be doing the field or to be doing whatever the hell, you know. And that's and that's amazing. That's that's. But I just can't can't have that. I just need you need to be properly doing it, and making a making a stamp and making going along. But that they're the people I envy the most. I think because they me have too. That, like I totally agree. I think that's like by far and away the the best way to do it because they all have you know like good jobs mm. and like they can afford to you know buy a house or do the family thing but they'll also yeah they go out and like 
they'll perform in front of fucking like possibly 400 people. people you know what I mean so many people like on their own terms and they can go to like do it in, like they, they have their different societies they can go do a show in Navin or then they mm. could go do a show in fucking like Cool Mine or Tala or yeah. you know wherever it, even and that like that you can do and you can do it anywhere in the country you can do that in Cork or Galway or fucking Longford yeah. it doesn't matter and they're never going to do something they don't want to do obviously there's somewhat of a consensus when in, we go oh we're doing this show this year this year but as a rule, they're not going to be like, well, I have to take this job because I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to sell my soul. They're just doing it because it's pure and fun and and so satisfying. And it'll always be all those things for those people. You know, it, which is, yeah, it's great. Yeah, 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 big time. Right, let's give another spin. All right, here we go. Number 13, do you have it? No. No worries. Number 13. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, is a, this is kind of an interesting one. Do you believe in love at first sight? Oh um, yeah, to a degree. Obviously, like, I I believe that you can feel um, something very very strong to the point where it's more it's not or more than like, you know, lust. You see something like pure like raw kind of thunderbolt lust. But then mm. I think there is something a bit above that where you're like, oh, I get a sense of that person or I get a vibe or definitely. I de- I don't think it's like I don't think it's. That's love at first sight is that kind of like catch all term where you're, oh, that's my soulmate over there. Mm. But like, I definitely think you can feel a connection of someone. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, stalkers are that as well. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. But I do, yeah, I do, I, yeah, 100%. Yeah, do you have someone in your head when you say that that you can like remember where yeah. you've seen them and oh, what they 100%. were? Yeah, one person or like, does it happen multiple just, times? Just one, really, but like, yeah, me yeah, too. Just, one person I yeah. can remember that with. It's kind of funny. It's a weird thing, like, because <laughs> you were saying you see someone, I just started immediately just thinking of, like, you seeing the, you know, she had big red lipstick on. <laughs> and, like, uh, but it, it is, it's it, it's a funny thing because I think people, like, I remember having an argument with a friend of mine about, uh, you know, 500 Days of Summer? Mm-hmm. You seen that movie? Yeah. It's a good movie. I, and, and she, I think she was probably more right now in hindsight, but she was saying how, like, that movie and like movies like that like really influenced the way like she I don't know like understood like relationships and romance or love or whatever the thing was and I was like that's fucking stupid like no you don't but like now when you think about it because even what you were saying it's a catch-all term and all that but like is that true like do you think we learn like how to even like ask people out from like films and shit rather than the other way around obviously they're written like it started that way yeah. like because they, like it was being written about like people trying to you know give life to their experience but now like i'm because i'm trying to think back and like when i like first would have like asked someone out or something and you're basing it off what you've seen on the telly i guess when you're a teenager yeah that does play into it but uh i think when you're older i think it's really really mundane and boring and quiet the way things happen yeah and I don't think it's very cinematic or, <laughs> or interesting yeah but I just think those, those things happen I don't know like I I don't know how you, how it works now with Tinder and all that shit but like yeah I just can't I can't I, I'm, that's a whole new thing that I just can't imagine I'd say it's even further removed from that um whole thing but I, th- I think it, yeah I think it's just kind of quiet and boring and <laughs> Not not very cinematic. Have you ever been on Tinder? Any of those things? No, never in my life. Uh, I've been on my friends, two of my mates, and my brother's Tinder uh, for the gas. Uh, just swiping while they're looking over my shoulder, um, and I was like, "Oh my god, I see, I see the appeal of this for a lad." Forget about it. But um, I've also all of them have been like. Oh no! Eventually, it's a waking nightmare, and uh, I and we have to we delete it from our phones. We delete our accounts or uninstall or whatever. And it's so I I see I absolutely see the raw appeal of it. Yeah, but I also um yeah it's there's like it, it does it doesn't sound like it's uh it's fun in the long term necessarily. Mm. What about then you were when you like you know saying earlier about mentioning you know love to like sell a script or two like that'd be a, a cool thing yeah. to to do when you like write those kind of things like what's like what sort of this is I don't mean this to be a limiting question but like what sort of stuff are you interested in for because for me I'm kind of interested in like 
you know, I mean, rom-com sounds like such a, like it makes it sound shit. But I, no, it doesn't. Rom coms. I know, I know. People, and it's easy to rag on rom coms, but I, there's some of the best films ever made are rom coms. No, totally. But like, that's kind of what I'm interested in. Like, it's comedy, drama, sort of like. I, lo- I love that stuff. I, I think, I think that I get. It's getting a bit of a bad rap now. Maybe, and it does every now and again. But I know it's. I think that stuff is great. What, yeah. But what I mean, what I'm interested. I'm. Are you? Are you kind of like me where you have? pretty when, it, when push comes to shove you're pretty tunnel vision you try you'll uh, there's loads of stuff i like there's loads of stuff i want to try but in terms of what's inherently in you or whatever it's very kind of tunnel vision and what and for me it's like men i'm just like and it's the worst time in probably history <laughs> to be interested in writing about masculinity because it's the least cool uh and uh, thing but i uh, just it is just the most inherently fascinating thing to me Especially because I write comedy stuff. Just me- confused, s- stupid men. <laughs> and how they... And 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 I like being as incisive as I can. Well, it's well, still been funny. But that's... Just, I just... I'm intrigued by it. I love it so much. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and like, then add on to that. Is, is it... Is Irish men another level onto that again again? Yeah. I mean, that's par for the course, I guess, because that's all I know. But... Um, I can't imagine more fascinating subject than Irishmen. Yeah, and there are so many types of Irishmen. I just do not get on with it. But I just, <laughs> I want to. I just, lo- I love. I'm fascinated by them. I love writing about by, about them. And it's a very, like I said, it's incredibly limiting, both because of ge- geographically and culturally, right now. But uh, it's, it's. I love it so much. It's fascinating to me. Do, do so you? So the other stuff. I wrote a play with an all female cast recently. So it's like, I am. Not just that, but that it, by, when it comes, my ground zero or my uh, what's the the, the the that's that's what I am interested in. What I keep coming back to, I guess. What, what uh, do you? Because th- that is interesting. What you're saying about just like culture at the moment, how that's not like the fashionable thing. Even if you're to just like factually speaking, look at the stuff or to even making lately, be like nowhere fast, mm-hmm. tank up on cope. Uh, striking out even they're just the three things that popped mm. in my head in the most recent they're all like female driven which is brilliant because you know obviously Norfast f- is is one of the best Irish comedies I have ever seen Norfast blew me away really yeah I like there's a scene in like a later episode I keep telling people about it and I messaged some of the guys who, the two actors in the scene I messaged them about it. it's a scene in a garage I won't say anymore in case you haven't seen it and you have to watch it I know it's happening yeah yeah, yeah yeah my jaw was on the floor like that, that was the, I just the, I loved the whole show anyway but that single scene just went into my Hall of Fame, like yeah, scene, uh, piece of writing and acting. I just loved it so much. Um, but yeah, I, I I know what you mean. It's like, but that's a good like. I, I'm not gonna I'm not sitting here bemoaning that. But like, Absolutely, it's it's just funny to me because I'm like, that's I just like I couldn't be in a worse position. In, but like then, like I said, like I'm writing other stuff that is not those things but also I, like that has to turn as well do you know what I mean like it like I think it's just I don't I don't think it will and it, there's always going to be scope for it. it's not like no one's letting me do things I'm having a hard time getting things done. exactly I'm still tipping away nicely I just it's like uh it's just not as uh and rightfully so it's just not as like oh this is the thing that everyone wants to do is is this kind of because for a while there, like every drama was just like this troubled kind of male or whatever yeah but, like the, the stuff uh, I love that. Like, really love like you know, like the the guys like Danny McBride and Jody Hill and stuff like that. They're able to do stuff without it being like like Eastbound and Down or Vice Prince. That's like they're my the the, the highest kind of standards that I hold myself. To, but they're they do stuff and it doesn't feel like it's romanticizing these like like this kind of masculinity thing. It's completely lampooning it and pulling a rug out from it and showing it for what it is, which is just scared, pathetic man children that's mm. what I like to do mm-hmm. so I think that people people appreciate that yeah but but um, and then yeah. w- like uh, do you talk much about like you know the way because you, you have like you literally you're one of the only people I know who has like characters that like yeah like you completely inhabit and like for example like we were talking about doing a podcast well yeah Do you don't talk about that I know what you're going to say but, but we yeah, can no, we no. can take all this out oh right Edit this out. I'm just yeah, yeah. But is that a thing? Because I was like, I, w- I wasn't sure. But that's the thing. Like they're separate. Yeah, yeah. He is not every not none of them, none of the rest are. Yeah, yeah. Is. 
Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Let's let's I'll try it as much as I can. Give me that pen for a minute. I just want to write the time quite down so I can get rid of it. But I, I was like, oh, you're grand. You can leave it in. I don't think people have a clue what we're on about. No, okay, fuck it. We'll leave it in then. But it, it, it's so interesting about like, yeah, I suppose just that that's like a rife enough thing, like just to sit into that for for that long and to be, um, I don't know, just as like comfortable in that world like wh- what kind of you, you said earlier that there are a lot of different types of like Irishmen that you just don't get on with mm. so like how much of how much of when you were younger were you the kind of like um, like you've got to be a real observer I think yeah. to be doing some of the stuff you're doing is that fair to say? 100% I, like it's the most boring and standard answer ever that the Hardy books two of the Hardy books guys they're when I heard like when I saw Hardy books came possessed and found out the two lads we're blown and like that's literally me like coming into a small tight-knit community where everyone is related at like whatever i was like six years old and then you're just like you're always you're, you're like you're not, not you're, it's not that you're being bullied or outcast or whatever but you're always on the outside you're always have this perspective of um i'm you know i'm i'm at one remove here and that is both a chip my shoulder and also it gives me scope to you know, be an observer. Mm. Be right. Like I'm never, I've, I've, I was at home last week for a few days and uh, it was great and all that. But you are, you're just, you're always, at, you always feel like in the back of your head, you're at one remove because your grandparents didn't come from there. You know that kind of way? Yeah. So I think that's, that's why, uh, I think that's, that's, it's the most obvious reason why I am drawn to like really specific Types of comedy and really specific rural t- types and sp- just specificity in like characters in general. I just that's kind of what I love, and uh, I think I've gotten here for it. I think it's because that s- simply that reason. Because because it's you hear about it from a lot of guys who do similar things that they were like like Martin and Chris tore up from Hardy Books. They they were like from wherever they were in England. And they came over, and they were t- totally like embraced and they were like they had they have all their best mates and all that from that area but they still have that like separation thing so i think i think that's it's as simple as that and where were you where did you grow up and where did you come from uh south east wicklow so like ratrum was where where i grew up and like went to school primary school in volca and secondary school in arco and uh, so it's like literally all within the same 15 20 minutes of each other and when do you you came there from when you were six from where uh as folks are from Dublin born in Dublin and in England for four years from when I was like two to four or two to six and then back over and like like literally the bulk of my entire existence was in in Wicklow and like my best friends are all from Wicklow for like obviously I've got other great mates now but then like the, the people you came up with all from there and like that's where I feel. I f- like. I'd f- someone asked me, it's like I'm from Wicklow, obviously, and all the rest. Of it. But mm. uh, so I would consider myself from Wicklow. Yeah. But it's still, you know, you still a bit of a chip about it. Yeah, which is gas. Yeah, and I mean, like, do you? Is it something that you think about? <coughs> like, f- for example, you you strike me as someone who is like. That's why I was asking you, kind of, I suppose, about the the being interested in like you know men and masculinity, but then also like you know adding in that irish layer because i think that just adds like more complications into it uh what what are your thoughts about like going away have you ever considered emigrating or have you ever lived abroad i lived in chicago for a year did you yeah me and my girlfriend went uh we had the graduate visa uh at the same time so i lived in chicago for a year too did you actually yeah what, what year uh i in dit you can do a year away you did this like scholarship exchange yeah, yeah. joke to columbia college in chicago what, what year uh 2014 yeah, it wasn't 2018. Yeah, I think it was 2015. But it was amazing. I love Chicago. Oh, it's the best. It's yeah, I would. I'd go back there tomorrow. Like, would you? Yeah, I love it. Uh, food, the people, and just the city. Like, it's always. I was surprised at how like easy going it was, and how like I was working in the city, mm. and I was just. It's just like you just expect American cities to be like daunting and overwhelming, but it's like it's really chill. And the best sound. And could you could you see yourself like ever? Even not necessarily Chicago, but just ever not living here. Oh yeah. Obviously, I said like my my I think my work tends to be pretty localized, and that's obviously a, a negative if you want to branch out. But if I 
if I could make, if yeah, definitely, mm. I would love to, like, um, and would hope to. But I, th- I, th- I think it's no harm to you know to kind of for anyone to do it. Mm. Um, then again, I'd be happy to be in Ireland. You know, I it, there's there's uh, it's just a question of stuff not being here to work. Mm-hmm. Here, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Let's give it a spin. All right, here we go. Number 39. Do you have it? No. Uh, number 39. What's your relationship to social media? Um, I, uh, yeah, bad. As in, I fucking, I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. Um, It's been good to me in a lot of ways. Um, But it's also, yeah, it's, it can be a little hindrance. Uh in every other aspect where you're just like trying to get everything else done and you know it's uh I, I'm, I'm a lot better at it than i was but yeah i love like twitter and and uh that is good i kind of you kind of try try and control like channel it now and just make it make it kind of because people use it in weird ways in our and i get it in our kind of line of work mm. but like i I like you know it's fun it's fun I like it. it's the most fun thing in the world like that's the simple but it's because you're just gonna get instant gratification you're you're going out you're probably get instant gratification for this stupid thing you do mm. so like I get like there's no question to be it but it just it's uh it's gonna be smart and be used it's relatively sparingly yeah so you're not just a, a wrecked ahead who's like posting all the time yeah is is there a thing in the is there a thing in like because you'd be much more ingrained in the comedy community than I would be, but is there is there like a is there a level of like cynicism about people who kind of who that's how they come to prominence, like via social media rather than via like that 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 comes first and then like you know live shows come yeah, later. Yeah, I get. I think that's dying out. Um, be, as all those like old school people are like, I'm sure they are giving out about that but at the end they they're probably irrelevant now so it's like who cares it's like i see people it's if it's good content an event of comedy who gives a damn like i'll use someone who i think is one of the most fascinating and talented guys going is tony cantwell and he's got like he started like if people wrote him off for just being oh you're the soft drinks guy that the video whatever you he did he did Two or three nights in the Sugar Club, packed it out with this one man show, and I went to it, and it, like it, it blew me away. Like it was like, let this guy do whatever. <laughs> let this guy, like he he's earned the right more than most people who've been jobbing for years, just based purely on like talent and the graft he put into it. So I I've no kind of I get I I think it's dying out. I think it's budget. I think if you're funny and hardworking. Do it whatever way you can. Like it's not like stand up. It's like people who treat have a dogma about things. I hate dogmas, and I ha- I understand how why people latch onto them, but it's so limiting. It's like it's like if someone's funny and good and a grafter, so who cares how they started? Like everyone started somewhere. It just wasn't necessarily the traditional route. Mm. No, I've, I I don't think it's I don't really think it's there. There's de- there's definitely like internet comics who people rag on all the time because they're shit. <laughs> or because, you know, they're, like, clearly chasing a trend or chasing a thing. But, like, they're not, like, if they're, they're not do, they're not doing that a bit to, like, say, say Tony Cantwell or, like, guys, like, Sen and Burn, Outkicking and Steve Gall, guys who are just, like, clearly just doing stuff because they have a need to do it and they're putting work in and, and being smart about it and and, been f- and are funny. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's... Uh, but then, yeah, there's other people who, like, I think the, the right people are getting a kick in and the, <laughs> the right people are getting a pass. Yeah, nice one. All right, sweet. Let's give it a spin. Here we go. Number 31. Do you have it? No. No worries. Number 31. What's your least favourite word? Um. Can't. No. That would be why I tell the lad on inside the actor's studio. I can't. Afraid. Uh, no, um... <laughs> Um, oh, um, flap. Oh, very good. Yeah, <laughs> it just came to mind. It's like, I don't like the word flap. That's, That's good. Word for it, yeah, it, uh, the most common answer is by far moist. Yeah, I thought of that and I was like, I'm not gonna be a basic bitch. Yeah, but uh, I don't mind moist as well. I don't mind moist. 
Moist is crap. People are gonna give moist a hard go. But it's weird because like when you say flap, I'm immediately thinking of vaginas. Fannies. Yeah. Yeah. Not not like wings because like flapping of wings is kind of a weird word. Flap. Flap. I know. Actually, I take it back. Flap's a great word. Uh, my least favorite word is moist. <laughs> Alright, here we go Number one Do you have it? No Number one Do you believe in ghosts? Uh, we were just talking about this At the weekend I was down home Because uh, my ma My good she saw one And She also No, I won't tell that story uh, <laughs> 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 It's gas She recently reckoned she saw one? No, like ages ago Oh uh, When we were kids I remember it no, I'm not like I'm not doubting that story But uh, and Do I believe in ghosts? No The whole psychic Um Scar thing and on places, it's ha- it's so many people. It's happened to like so many people over history. It has to be a thing. People get vibes at places, and certain people are more attuned to those vibes than others. Mm. So I think I think that's a thing. But mm. like spooky, spooky kids and all that. No, <laughs> spooky kids. Do you think you're attuned to that sort of stuff? No, definitely not. Would you like to be? Uh, no, it sounds horrific. <laughs> if I buy a house and someone was horrifically murdered in there. I don't want to know about it. You know, I well, I probably would like to know about it. But if I, I also wouldn't mind living in ignorance about it mm. and not feeling the the horrible murder every, yeah. every time I walked into the kitchen where it happened. Yeah. The knife. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like, uh, I, I think it's like hotels for me are a little bit, because just like so many people have yeah, stayed here. Through, yeah. So yeah. many. I don't get that at all. Really? Yeah. Depends on the hotel. If it's a nice, like, really bright, modern one, maybe not so much. Oh, like, when you're... St- like, some, like, random, like, boutique hotel, like, family-run thing. Yeah. Yeah, they can be weird. Really weird. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Out, like Out in the middle of nowhere, there's, they can be very kind of eerie. Yeah. Carpets everywhere. Exactly. Carpets on the walls. Way too many carpets. Yeah. You're like, why is there so many carpets? Just get a fucking wooden floor, lad. Your voice just sounds like this every time you try and speak. Because there's so many carpets. Uh, yeah, <laughs> terrifying. No. Those yeah, it's funny. Like, but when you, as someone who doesn't believe, then like, so just say, for example, your ma or your mate or whoever it might be tells you a story. Like, I don't believe. I'm agnostic, I guess. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like I like saying my ma's a story about she was driving. I remember when it happened. We were in the car. And she thought she saw some at this thing, and I think it might come out that someone was killed there. So I think that I d- who knows. Mm. It was like on the side of a road, basically, and uh, someone got knocked over. And why did she, like, why did, what was the difference between, like, the things she saw and, like, a person? She described it as, how did she say it? Oh, she literally said it at the weekend. How She described how it looked. Not pixelated, but it was like, it, it, they looked, it was like, they were like, I can't, th- I can't think of the term. Yeah. The way she used it was like, it definitely wasn't like just a person standing there. It was like a, a weird effect happening or a weird mm. uh, look to it so yeah was it scary when your mom when like, you're a kid and your mom sees something because then you're like well it has to be a thing it wasn't scary as much as exciting you're like oh if my if mom's got ghosts and ghosts are real and you kind of get excited and then probably a bit scared because you're like yeah, ghosts are real but like and I was very scared in general so yeah I was probably pretty scared but I think it was mostly exciting because you're like maybe ghosts are real mm. Would you would you ever have any interest in like do you like horror films and like that as a I'm genre? Very bad for them. I'm kind of scared of them. Like I'm putting off seeing that hereditary film. It's very good. Is it? Yeah. yeah. No, I know. Like I I'm mad to see it just because it's meant to be amazing. But like um, oh like, I think the last no, yeah no I I'm, I'm bad for them. I try I try like there's stuff on that's just come on Netflix now that I'm like oh I hear that's amazing like don't breathe, and I'm like I hear that's amazing but it's literally about three kids in a hot in like a house chased by a man. In a dark house, and it just—it sounds terrifying. And so I know I put it off for as long as I can. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, 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 it wouldn't be my go-to genre, definitely. I like—I love the idea of horror. I love the idea of the the craft that goes into a great horror film. Like it, it's a, it's a, it's one of the great kind of craftsman films, the cra- type of films. So I love that about it. But yeah, they're they're a tough, tough go. It's really funny we were talking earlier because. I was thinking about this recently. I was like, um, thinking about the, the next like script, like screenplay or like you know pilot or whatever I want to write. And I was like, the great thing about comedy is like, you f- I feel like you don't need anything to write it. Whereas like, I kind of have this like drama thing that I'd love to write, but like, I need to know about like the guards research. Oh man, I hate it, I hate it so much. Like it's just like it's, it's so boring. And I just want to write. Beca- it just becomes homework, then doesn't it? I like I'm the same as you. When it comes to that stuff, it's like, well, now I literally have homework. 
Because writing is like homework, but it's fun homework because you're just literally making stuff up. But when it comes to be like, like yeah, the guards. What's the right rank of a guard? That's exactly like, what oh, I... Who gives... Shit, you're like, ah. Oh. And then, but then you know that if you watch something that hasn't been researched or something and it matters and it falls short, you're like, well, come on. Just, you, you could have done the due diligence there and find out what it was. So it is, it is necessary, I think, mostly. Sometimes it's not, depending on what you're writing. But yeah, um, I don't think, as much as I love them, I'm never going to be like making a Michael Mann, <laughs> writing a Michael Mann type of thing. Because like that's, it's just so daunting. Like, like, there's certain shows and like you kind of take it for granted and then you're like fuck like this writer mm. had to like you know there's a show coming out about Chernobyl and I was listening to it the, the writer and he's like, like he read like you know like hundreds of books about Chernobyl because he had to yeah. do you know what I mean like it, and it's like right well that's a then it, then it becomes yeah as you said a different thing because like you have to especially if it's a real life event like that you have to actually like make sure you kind of get it right mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean whereas if you if you just want to write your your little like you know comedy drama that maybe like draws like the smallest bit from your life the smallest bit you can just use that as a little like you know architecture to build your house and yeah. like but it can uh, yeah and you're like oh well I can I'm, I'm writing something pretty similar to my situation yeah like a makeup. yeah it's when it gets into things that are like there's like specific careers or jobs specific jobs or specific like yeah like where you need to get the where the devil is in the details and you kind of have to know your shit and the way they speak and all the rest of it mm-hmm. that's like uh, yeah it's, it's that's that's when it gets tough like uh, one of the great ones for us, the good wife you watch the good wife and you're like yeah. have you seen the good wife no it's like how do how is this not written by lawyers? Like it, they just the way they speak and the the amount of sheer jargon in each episode is like and like the way they obviously they're like heightened TV cases, but it just it just it blew my mind. Is like I could never I can love and appreciate a show like this, but I could never work on one because it it's just obviously that's I would for something I would you you would you do your research and your homework for but like it's stuff like that where it's like where you feel like you have to learn about it an entire way of working where this whole like hierarchy of our system works like the guards like like if you're writing something about like you know so, so, some yeah like you said like a true life thing where you just have to know so much about everything it just it gets daunting mm. yeah it's funny it, uh, like it, and and horrors different but like i have no idea how like you write it because you know the way when you're writing something you're picturing how it looks in your head like you've mm-hmm. kind of seen the film in your head so like then in horror like it's horror is really weird because like if you take all you know the music and stuff out of a horror movie it's not scary so like mm. i think it's really hard to to write that because you like to i don't know just write it like completely like i mean did you see get out for example i did yeah like that's a really great example of like something yeah. that like but i can see how he saw that in his mind as well and he was also the writer director, I think. Yeah, he was. Yeah, which helps. I, he, it helps definitely. And um, yeah, I, I don't know how. Like that's it's kind of a it's one of the great challenges to do like a good horror film. Any horror film that is anyway effective, it's like tougher than most films. I think um, about Get Out, especially if you're just like looking at something, it's just like. But that's it's also horror lends itself to like these kind of scripts that have no fat on them, and that's what Get Out was. Like he wrote this lean, lean script where everything was like. Everything was building to the tone and everything was like exposition you didn't know you were getting and everything was like, uh, everything was working towards the bigger picture whereas obviously a lot of films now I find are just kind of not that at all. Mm. But uh, that's, what, and I th- but I think horror film you just have to be, you have to be like, I know what this film is about. The scary thing this film is about, everything on the page is like driving that idea or like, uh, or building that up like in obviously the and I think Get Out did that really well yeah big time it's kind of kind of incredible oh my god I don't want to say Get Out but (laughs) Aaron you're going to have to edit some of this (laughs) ah they have to they have to land in the yoke Fuck me, that was an ordeal. Number 11, do you have it? No. Number 11, uh, do you ever wish you were born as the opposite gender? No, never. I would hate it. Would you? Yeah. To be for, for all the obvious reasons. You'd just be like, oh, someone's going to kill me today. <laughs> yeah. someone, you know, it's just, you know, I, everyone, uh, it's like, 
and if I if I if I elaborate on it, I'll just say like some woke sap. But like that's the the it is it's it's no fun. It's no crack whatsoever. Yeah, from you know, from living with one, especially you're just like they just have a hard go. It's just tough, tough, tough old, uh, existence. Yeah, um, and any benefits that they get are pretty much all benefits that a lad gets. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's great in a lad. It's brilliant. I love it so much. I'm thankful for it every day. I don't take it for granted. <laughs> that was so. Uh, I wasn't expecting as 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 um. I don't know. Just you're sure of that. Lads are deadly. Yeah. No, uh, that's not what I meant. You can edit that. Out. Don't edit. That out. <laughs> uh, no, but just it's just it's way easier. Yeah. And, uh, it's it's just um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really interesting. Like you know, even uh, you see someone like um. Jordan Peterson obviously was here in Dublin yeah, this week. I know very little about him, but I know that a lot of pricks like him. <laughs> so yeah. Like, oh, uh, I can guess kind of what he's about. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fascinating, though, like how these people have, like, literally because of kind of what, like, what, kind of like a microcosm of what we were talking about earlier in that sense of being like how it's, it's really exciting to see the balance being restored in terms of like. Um, stuff that's being produced like on telly right that's just a microcosm of it but, but you could see how like someone would be like well fuck that that's like you know three things in a row like fuck that shit this is absolute bollocks but it's like he's like you know tapping into that market 100%. except not in like film and TV in like every aspect of life but it's demented to me if you were like there's three shows about women on, like and people obviously loads of people like that you're like it's like it's so like it's so obvious that it doesn't bear repeating or saying but it is like there's not this is like that's if it was the other way around no one would question it people would question it but they'd be like they'd be told there'd been too PC or there'd be too this that the other so there's no there's literally no win with those people they're just shite bags and they should just be they should be screaming to avoid somewhere yeah Um. it just makes no sense like it makes zero sense to me that people will get head up by that they're still making whatever shows that you watch they're just making this other stuff as well. It's not like they're like not made. Well, you know, it's it it's nonsense. Like I wouldn't put too much stock in. Yeah, and as well, it kind of then implies that like something like Nowhere Fast doesn't deal with any men's issues, which it absolutely did. Yeah, absolutely, like did. really like interestingly as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm all about him. Yeah, like, the male character in it and that, that and a man's issue or not man's issue, but like in that ish, in that instance, it was a male issue and like. Like it, it's there's not yeah it's like it's just the second they see a woman on the poster I guess or a woman in the trailer, um it just becomes well why, what what what's going on here why yeah. would I oh yeah yeah it it is it's really funny like it'll be really 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 interesting to see how like things start to play out like over the next like to turn actually even more interesting is like when like our generation of people start to become the people who are you know commissioning stuff yeah. and programming stuff because that's not very far away no you're right I just think I, th- I think it's got to become just like without thinking almost people are just going to be like well this has to have this that the other it's got to because we're going through the phase now the awkward <laughs> phase of like people are screaming why isn't there a black person in your thing and it's like it can be a bit like oh because it just needs it just doesn't mean but that, that'll all level out and then it'll become like Oh well, they ha- should have this, that, the other. You know, it'll become a part of making, uh, making entertainment, making art where you're just like, well, everyone should be represented. So let's, you know, even if it's not like historically accurate or whatever the hell reason people use not to cast X, Y, Z. You know, th- I think it'll go on. Like I saw, like it's like Les Mis and your man David Oelio, or he can't mm. name, but uh, he's playing Javert for like some BBC show of Les Misérables, and then. I, I'm sure there's like a bit of an outcry, but there isn't much really. A, like you know, like oh, why would a black man be, you know, a guard in France then? And but I think that kind of thing is like edging away a bit. Yeah, exactly. That like I remember hearing something similar, and it was got a black guy was playing Javert in the musical, and people were a bit outraged, and he was like. Yeah, lads, like you can be outraged about that, but then like it's like why is the guard singing with like an eighty piece orchestra <laughs> yeah, behind exactly. it? Like if we're gonna be <laughs> yeah. like about details here, like there's yeah. other things like <laughs> yeah. this is the fucking musical, calm yeah. down. Yeah. And you're like, Yeah, man, that that's the correct response. Like yeah. it's just made up, like it's all made up stuff. 
so let's don't worry about it. Yeah, and it is really interesting then coming from somewhere like you know, having you lived lived in Chicago, and then you just see like what like proper like just I guess just how diverse a community mm. exists there, especially within like the arts world and I know that they even have problems with diversity where they're still like yeah but it's not like you know there's pro- I, I don't know I imagine like there's like is there more black people in Chicago than white people probably there's, it's it's something like it's got the most split yeah. like it's like it's like whatever the hell 50-50 split like there's as much of one as there is the other almost but it's also the most ghettoized yeah. city of America and it's got insane rates of gun death and and you walk into any Target or wherever the hell in there and it's mostly black people working working like the, the jobs that the white people don't want to do. so like there's a very very Chicago is like there you just see there's a really clearly defined social class thing going on and it's it's purely race based <laughs> it's pure, well, like economic but it all comes back to race I guess it's just like see black people working on one level white people are working on another level and it's you're just it was it wasn't particularly surprising um when you're there because you kind of had you're used to kind of hearing about that stuff but uh it's very like you see in chicago maybe more than slightly more than other places it's a bit like jarring and like it becomes a thing like all the cta workers on the, the transport like the trains and stuff they're all gonna be black your yeah. bus driver's gonna be black yeah so it, it's uh yeah i can't remember what the point was um but yeah, yeah, no, that's one hundred percent right. Right, come here. We have time for uh, one more, so do it. Let's give it a spin. All right, here we go. Number forty-six. Do you have it? Fifty-six, forty-eight. No, I don't. No worries. Nice. Number terrible. forty-six. Kind of a nice bit to end, actually. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, I don't have a notion. <laughs> Um, do you like advice? Do you ask for advice? Oh yeah, I mean, depends who you're getting it off, but um, yeah, obviously, uh, the best piece of advice. So I think like you come back to or think about or wrote down. There's so much to do with like. I think, I don't know. Did. W- w- Stuff, stuff to do with work ethic and stuff like that. I do think about that. Um, I can't think of exactly quotes, but like, just like, you have to put the work in. Effectively, like whatever it is you're doing, you just kind of need to put the time and work in. I don't know. Mm. Um, I have nothing more profound than that coming to mind. But uh, that's just thinking about stuff that you try and live by. Um. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, don't, don't do drugs. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. What about with um, you know, then when you're sitting down, right, and you're gonna write a play with John Morton, for example, because the Hellfire who? Squad, I saw John Morton. I don't know who that is. Oh, do you? Oh, all right. Well, a massive on y- it. No, I didn't. You're gonna. I go on. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. we're yeah. sitting down to write sellout show, the Hellfire Squad. Yeah. Uh, Brilliant with, show with the John Morton, probably the person who gave me whatever the best advice I ever heard was. Right. So, sure. what, what, the, like, how does that, because then you've got to, is it a case of, then you've got to match each other's work ethic? Do, does that make sense? How does that work in you terms of... You can't match John Morton's work ethic, work really? ethic because he's the hardest working person you'll ever meet. But what you do is, you try and give him, you try and, you try and, you just nip at his heels, basically. <laughs> you're just not going to, you're just not going to have, uh, like that, it's just as simple as that. You're you, the man is the heart. Like it's, it's insane. It's insane. you just, just there's no, there's no way of matching it. So all you can do is like, well, I'll just do the most I can do. And uh, whereas before, if you're working with someone else, you'd be like, ah, we'll just do a bit here, and, and it'll be easy to get uh, distracted, or easy to just go off. Whereas in that instance, it's like, you know, you do, you do the most work that you can feasibly do, um, on the thing mm-hmm. in the time that you have, and then. When you weren't in that play, what was the choice behind that? Was there which play? The Hellfire Squad. I was. You were? Yeah. You were in it. It's on my phone. The I'm <laughs> on the poster. There I didn't I'm even know that. Yeah. There I am. There. I have a little ratty tat. <laughs> yeah. That's such bad form. I thought yeah. you weren't in it, and I was going to ask you why. Um, but you weren't. I, there was a while where I wasn't going to be in it because uh, I didn't have much in the way of stage experience for like ten years before that, and just different reasons. Like I just wasn't. Uh, 
there was just yeah just like why would we put you and there's loads of deadly action double yeah. then eventually it just got to the point where it's like we were so clearly writing apart from me and we're like we just we just go. John John said it like he's like will you do it and I was like yeah and it was the most fun I've ever had in my life yeah but the next play we wrote um, is a follow on to Hellfire Squad and I won't say too much about it but it's all female cast so obviously we didn't write for either of us and we would um, or me myself personally I'd love to just exclusively be writing for not me yeah like that's I love that yeah. I think that's the, pure, the purest type of writing I like I and we both do the other thing a yeah. lot mostly but uh, I just I would love to be doing more where it's just like right now you similar yeah yeah I totally yeah. agree I'm writing the first thing now but I don't want to do like you know yeah. my first instinct isn't to do it anyway like it's That's for brilliant. someone else to do it and it's great it's really freeing because I always feel like if you're writing something and you're in it it immediately even if you didn't start off with that intention or writing, you're like oh you this is just a vehicle for you and it st- suddenly becomes less it's like when I did the thing personal space there in January me Stephen Cole for Hannah Mamas and we all wrote it together like me and her wrote one me and him wrote one and the two of them wrote another these three little short plays and put them on and it just I was like the perception here is just like literally we're just doing a little showcase and we're like this is us This is what we wanted to play this character and mm. we want to do this type of monologue or whatever where it was literally like let's just come up with, we're, we were all at the end like, we're all writers as much as we are actors so we were like let's come up with good solid little half hour short stories and Yes, being him, but like I just was so self conscious that it just seemed like we were just doing our little showcase, and uh, so I think, I, and I think that everything you do that you're in, and you also wrote, there is a little whiff of um, vehicle about it or showcase or yeah, or um, even if that's genuinely not the intention and the final product doesn't reflect that, I think. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that that's literally just my one of my many chips. I think just coming to the fore here and been like. Uh, telling me that but uh, I just think I just I much prefer I love writing things for actors like the thing I'm doing in August that's for actors I'm not in it at all and I just can't wait to just there's nothing better than hearing actors um, sell your joke or nail your little uh, your, your your scene and make it so much better than it is on the page and uh, and it's harder work as well because it's easy to do act your own stuff I think yeah do you, no, do you, do you think like, yeah no I think you're right I think you're right No, not like Obviously, you can write yourself tough things to do, but in terms of like, there's there's less work to be done, and therefore there's less things to find out about, and there's less kind of avenues to go down. Well, why don't we're gonna wrap it up because we've hit our hour? But why don't you tell the people about the show in okay. August? Because I know that's the thing. It's called Copperface Jacks the Musical. Okay. Uh, it's with me, Rosanna Purcell, and some other people. No, it's called Pulp Injection. It's in August the fourteenth, Tuesday, August the fourteenth, downstairs in the Workman's. It's uh, two half-hour radio plays. If you saw the original version of it in Seen and Heard there, it's basically that, but two all-new plays, so come along because you haven't seen them before. It's basically two half-hour radio plays in the style of, like, old-fashioned, like, serials, like, radio adventures, and kind of one of them is uh, one of them is about uh, a propaganda-type... Uh, it's as if Eamon de Valera commissioned a propaganda uh, radio show about him and Archbishop Charles McQuaid as a crime-fighting duo, and that stars John Morton and Kelly Shatter, and then as the two characters, and then an amazing uh, cast around them, and then the same ca- ten actors will f- carry on into the next play, which is kind of like a film noir type thing. But they're all like very much spoofs. They're all very much like I love that genre of stuff, but like they're very like it's all about jokes and the kind of the mad characters and all that. There's no you're not coming to see uh, uh, a bigot. It's all, it's pure. It's good crack. There'll be pints. It'll be mighty. I can't wait to do it. So that's in August the 14th. Brilliant. Peter McGann, thanks so much for playing Person A Bingo. Thanks to me and Tom. Thanks for having me. That was good. So that was the hilarious Peter McGann playing Personality Bingo. Peter, if you're listening, a massive thank you to you for taking the time to do it. It was an absolute pleasure to sit down and have the chats. And as I said, go and check out Pulp Injection at the Workman's. I'm going to be there. Uh, it's going to be absolutely savage. As I said, doors are at 8 o'clock show at 8.30 and tickets are available 
from eventbrite.ie um, it's, it's going to be gas I like the cast is unreal so many uh, former guests of the show as well which is always nice in the form of Ali Fox and John Morton so go uh, and check it out it's going to be a little personality bingo party uh, as I said last few shows of Copperface Jackson Musical it's been an incredible summer I have a feeling this mightn't be the end of the road for the show either fingers crossed we might make it back uh, onto the Irish stage maybe next year uh, who knows but what a summer it's been um, and as I said if you missed it shame on you because it was a great laugh but um, no come here hopefully there'll be another chance to see it uh, next year as I said if you want my voice for your business uh, check out voicebank.ie I've just become represented there by the wonderful Deborah Pierce. Um, so that's a bit of a, an honour to be in such esteemed company um, and yeah as I said as if all this chat on the podcast wasn't enough so before I let you go, uh, a couple of quick thank yous, as always, to the wonderful Erin Lindsay for mixing, editing, and producing this podcast. She is the boss woman, and she does an incredible job. Erin, thank you. Uh, to the brilliant Leah Moore and Anthony Manley for our deadly theme music, and as always, to the excellent Connor Nolan for the beautiful artwork. Uh, it's always a delight to be a part of the Headstuff podcast family. Exciting things happening here as well uh, that you know I'll be able to keep you in the loop about very soon, um, but as always, a huge thank you to Alan Bennett and Paddy O'Leary. So, guys, that's that's all from me. Thanks so much for listening to Personality Bingo with Tom Morris.